So we're in Acts chapter 4 today. We closed last week with Peter making a bold statement to the religious rulers. Remember, Peter and John had just healed a lame man, and the religious rulers came to arrest him, them, took them in, and they wanted to find out how this happened, how they were able to do this, and why they had to do it in Jesus' name. That was the thing that they were really upset about, that it was done in Jesus' name. And remember, we closed last week with Acts chapter 4, verse 12, where we read, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. Quite often, people think that they can be saved by other ways. There are even churches that teach that you can be saved. As long as you're true to what you believe, you can be saved by whatever that church is, by whoever, Buddha, Muhammad, whatever the case may be. You can be saved as long as you follow their rules, as long as you do what... Here's the thing. When... We hear that there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. That's a fact. That isn't something that is just, well, someone threw that in there. All of the Bible is the word of God. It is the inspired word of God. We didn't just throw things in there uh, to make a religion out of it. When we have the tagline... For this church, it's not religion, but a relationship. And so, why do we say that? Well, because it's not about doctrine. It's not about what religious system we're following. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the problem. You can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and not be saved. I know some people think, that's crazy. How can you have a relationship with Jesus and not be saved? Didn't Judas have a relationship with Jesus? He had a relationship. He walked with Jesus. It wasn't a good one, obviously. But you can have a relationship and not be saved. And that's even more so today. There are people that say they believe in Jesus. So the demons, but they tremble. People that believe in Jesus are a dime a dozen. I believe in George Washington. Don't know much about him besides, you know, the things that I've read about him because I've never met him before. But we can actually meet Jesus. He can be part of our lives. And the more we understand him, the more we read about his teachings the closer we can become to him. And we can't be saved unless we not only believe in him, but we obey him. We we're, we're believe to the point of changing our lives to follow him. See, Judas followed him, just not with his whole heart. He followed him in action. 
in works. That was the problem with the Sadducees. They followed by works. They did what they thought they needed to do so that people could see how good they were, how righteous they were. They, their righteousness was as filthy rags. Their righteousness was stinky. It didn't qualify them for anything. But those that follow Jesus, even though they stink just as bad, our righteousness isn't based on anything that we're doing. Our righteousness is based on what Jesus has done. He did it all. And so we can be saved because of that. So can you imagine how this went over with the religious rulers when, uh, you know, Peter tells them, hey, there's no other way that you could be saved except through this name, except through Jesus Christ. I'm sure they weren't happy. Uh, This is, these guys were so exclusive. They had their own little club and they figured they made it. They are entitled now to everything. They made it. Nobody else is getting to their level. Very similar to our government. Now, while it's comical, but it's not, it's very sad, our government, when you get in government, you serve four years in government, uh, at, at the federal level, you get a medical package that's incredible. You'll never pay for medical again, no matter what. You're not going to pay for it at all. It's all covered. Everything is, you know, for the rest of your life. You're taking care of you and your family. How come we can't have that? Now, I'm not promoting social health care system. Believe me, I'm, I'm not promoting that. I was in the Navy. I, I had a taste of what it was when the government controls your health care. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm still here, but... Um, it, it wasn't exactly the best quality of care. Um, when people get to a certain point, they just feel that they're more entitled. And that's what these Sadducees, these Pharisees thought, that they were more entitled than everyone else because they had a closer relationship with God. Nothing was further than the truth. That that's They didn't have a relationship with God. So... They don't know how to even respond to Peter's proclamation. Today's message is titled, Speak Boldly. And we pick it up in verse 13, Acts chapter 4, where Luke writes, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. When you hang out with Jesus, you're going to learn something. You're going to grow if you want to. Judas didn't. Judas was there for himself. He was the treasurer. He stole from the treasury, we're told. He didn't learn from Jesus. So there are people today that go to church and don't learn about Jesus. They don't learn what the Bible says. I want to encourage you. There's not a person in here that can't learn something from the Bible. It it doesn't take a scholar 
to tell you what to believe. It doesn't take a pastor to tell you what to believe in the Bible. Read it. Then ask God what it means. He will tell you. Don't look for answers outside the church because there are many answers outside the church of what the Bible says. You could take courses in college given by atheists on what the Bible says and you'll get nothing out of it. But if you sit down and you pray, Lord, open this up to me. Open up the scriptures to me so that I can hear what you're saying here. And you read them, he'll speak to you. It just matters. If, if you're reading Leviticus, it may be slower. You know, but, but he will speak to you. And, uh, you know, especially in some of the New Testament epistles written by Paul, they're written in such a way that there's, you know, it's easy to understand what Paul was talking about. It's easy to fit yourself in the picture and say, oh, th this makes sense to me. Th this just, you know, I understand what Paul was saying, what he was going through, the struggles and the trials that he went through. I understand that. But these Pharisees, they didn't, they had it all up here. They didn't have any of it in here. It, it didn't matriculate down into their heart. So when we consider the knowledge that we can have going through seminary and, and all Bible schools and everything, we can learn a whole bunch. But if we don't let it impact our lives to the point where it changes how we live, how we walk, then it's just information. It's not really good for much. These guys were filled with information. They weren't filled with the impact of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and that was the problem. So they saw Peter and John. They saw them as bold, and they said, Hold it, these guys are uneducated. They're untrained. How? Well, they weren't uneducated and untrained. They were educated and trained by the author of the scriptures. So they walked with him. They watched him. They saw what he did. And then they were educated and trained by the Holy Spirit when he came upon them. You see, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told them, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Today, we live at the ends of the earth. And guess what? We're still impacted by that same statement. We're still filled with the Holy Spirit. We still have the power of the Holy Spirit today. His, it's not like, well, in the 70s, the power started running out. And um, so he's not as powerful as he was. But unlimited power, still. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the whole Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the same. And we can be 
strengthened by that, encouraged by that. But you can't spend time with Jesus without being impacted. You can't spend time in your Bible without it impacting you, without it speaking to you. It may speak encouragement to you, or it may speak conviction to you. You may be encouraged by what it says. Wow, this is helping me go to the next level. Or you may say, ouch. Ouch, that called me out. He's talking about me. How did he know? How how did he, he? Because there's no one different. We're all the same. We, we all have the same nature, hum, human nature, and we, you know, all make the same kind of mistakes. Not all make the same exact mistakes, but the same kind of mistakes. We all sin. Sin just means we miss the mark. You know, we, we're, we're shooting the target for the bullseye. We miss. Sometimes we miss the target. Sometimes we miss the page. Sometimes we're not even shooting the same direction. You know, and, and we're just so far off, it isn't even funny. I've had those days. And, you know, but the good news is we can always reload and go back. The question is, do people look at us and say there's something different about them? And I hope they do. I hope they do. Not just while they go to church on Sunday and they eat at Chick-fil-A the rest of the week. You know, there's something different about, what is it different about what we do? Well, I hope it's the way we live. I hope it's the way we interact with, I hope it's the way that we act when someone is rude to us, when someone hurts our feelings. Have you ever had your feelings hurt, and you just want to go back and, you know, attack? You want revenge? I want vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You go and love them. And you act like that. There Two possibilities can come out of that. Those people can say, wow, I was wrong. I need to ask for forgiveness. Or people can say, ah, they're just jerks. And I'm going to hate them and I'm going to, who cares? They're the ones that have to live with it. As long as you let that pain go, as long as you let that anger and bitterness go, then it only impacts them. You let it go. I'm okay with it. Whatever they want to do, if that's how they want to try to hurt me, they can't hurt me. They can kill the body, but they can't kill the soul. And so my attitude is I'm going to be good with whatever. Now, I just have to tell you, I have not perfected this yet. (laughs) I want to be honest with you. You know, I mean, this isn't something where if you want to see a good example, follow me. No, follow Paul. (laughs) You know, uh, you know, but even Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So really, Whenever you see me acting like Christ, you could follow me. It probably won't be a long walk, but you can follow me as I act like Christ because I want to encourage you in that. We should all be doing that so the world can see that we live differently, so the world can see that 
we have something different that they can have also. The religious rulers were convinced that they were right in what they were doing. They were convinced. They, they knew that they were right. And the Sadducees and Pharisees didn't usually agree with each other. They fought, but when it came to putting down Jesus, they were lockstep with each other. They were good. Any way to shut up Jesus, and, and now look, he's dead, and he's still out there causing trouble, you know, healing people. So how do they respond to the apostles? We read in verse 14, it says, And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So Peter and John going into the temple at the hour of prayer. They see a lame man. They go over to him. Silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give to you. Reached out his hand, say rise in the name of Jesus. He does. Then he goes leaping into the temple with them, and they're all celebrating. Crowds come around. Three hours later, Peter and John are still there saying, hey, this isn't us. It's Jesus that did this. We can't do this. Jesus is the one. And so three hours later, we don't know what they were talking about for the three hours. We do know that 5,000 people got saved. Men, just men, 5,000. Women got saved too. They just don't mention how many of them because they move around so much. It was hard to count. But with the men, it was easy. 5,000 men got saved. And so here they are and they get arrested. They get taken into the council. And so as while they're in the council, they're getting grilled by these leaders. And seeing the man who had been healed, you know, they had nothing to say. They had no comeback. Do you know why? Because they had been passing by that guy for years. He had been brought to the beautiful gate at the temple every day and left there to beg. They had passed him by going into the temple every day. But they couldn't heal him. None of the other religious rulers can heal him. None of the other so-called prophets could heal him. But Peter and John on one day goes in and they heal him in the name of Jesus. That's the problem. The problem was it was in the name of Jesus. And they wanted to shut him up. So verse 15, but when they had commanded them to go outside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So here it, it, we're going to threaten. We're going to stop them. And what are they going to stop them from doing? Healing people? No. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. You see, they would have rather had Peter and John say, yeah, we healed him. Yep, we're the guys. They would have rather, okay, we're all right with that. But it was the name of Jesus that caused the problems. 
He's still causing problems today. The name of Jesus, they don't want to hear it. You ever see, you know, one of the guys that go up and get the trophy after they win an award and they have the big trophy and everything? I just want to give, you know, uh, you know, respect to Jesus who helped me do this, who, who brought me through everything. And, you know, they cut that out. You know, if he mentions God, all right, well, we'll put the God thing in there. It's okay if you mention God, but don't mention Jesus. You know, don't mention that you are a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. That's too much for us. These counsel, they had a plan. They're going to threaten them. They're going to stop them from talking about Jesus. And there's not much else they can do. I mean, here is the guy that's healed. Nobody else is doing that. So obviously we can't, you know, cite them for that. Besides that, 5,000 men got saved because of their teaching. Verse 18. So they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Peter, once again, being bold. You figure this out. What would you do if God told you to do this? Would you listen to man? Or would you listen to God? Would you be obedient to what God says? That's the biggest struggle for us. Are we being obedient to what God is telling us to do? Or are we obedient to man? Now, I am not being political when I speak about this. Uh, I'm not trying to get in a political discussion about what's going on in the world today. Because no one has the answer for that. From the president on down, no one has the answers in the government or scientists or whatever the case may be. Because they contradict each other, if you haven't noticed. The news contradicts itself. People contradict themselves on a daily basis. Have you ever no, have you noticed lately that Fauci isn't in the news anymore? Uh, I haven't seen him in the news recently. Uh, not because he's a bad person. He is like anyone else. Um, and he, he may be like the Pharisees where they think they know everything. And then what they say doesn't really pan out. That happens across the board. What happens to the churches that tell you this or that is going to happen within the next year or two, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen? And, and what happens to those churches that do that? And it doesn't happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they stop saying stupid things like that. That's, they stop making comments, you know, telling people when things are going to happen. 
You know what Jesus said? No man knows the day or the hour. So stop trying to figure that one out. But here's what we do know. Jesus said, be ready at any time. If you die tomorrow, that was your time. And so you don't get any do-overs. You know, we, we don't even have one of those defibrillators to bring you. If, if you fall down here, you're in trouble, you know, because I, I only know so much. You know, hopefully there's some medical people that know how to bring you back. But, but here's the good news. Being saved, don't bring me back. Do not resuscitate. Okay, I'm out of here and, and I'll be happy. Uh, when that happens. Now, I'm not going to be happy for my wife. I know she's back there. And, and yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but she loves me. And she knows that I would be in a good place, the right place to be when you leave this earth. But there are a lot of people that aren't going to be there. There are a lot of people that didn't prepare themselves before they left. Here, they're commanded not to speak, and we need to speak. We still need to speak today. We need to let people know the good news, because there is good news. We don't need to let people know the bad news. TV does that for us. Talk radio does that for us. We don't need to be talking those points. We don't need to. Because people are getting all kinds of information that we can't corroborate, you know. Uh, it just depends on who you're listening to. But here's the thing that we know to be true, the Word of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. That's good enough for me. And we just need to stick with the facts, just the facts, you know. I love what he says. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. And that's true for us today, how we live. Now, I'm not saying that we should have civil disobedience. I'm not saying that we should fight the government. You know, that we should do what we want to do because we feel uh, led by God. Well, you know what? God isn't in our school systems anymore. Jesus doesn't get to um, talk to young kids in school. He's not taught there anymore. If you listen to the teachers nowadays, you can hear about Islam. You can hear about Buddhism. You can hear about any other religion. As a matter of fact, you're forced to hear about them. But when it comes to Christianity, oh no, that's not okay. That's, uh, well, you know what that tells me? It's the only one that's right. You know, because that's pretty, they will stop you from listening to the truth just so that you can be on board with their lies. They're okay with teaching evolution, but that's in the church too. There's a church here in town 
that celebrated Evolution Sunday last week. They celebrated evolution last week. Really? You know, so obviously they don't believe in the Bible. Right? They obviously don't believe the Bible is the word of God. It's the truth. It's the inspired word of God. That, that means God breathed. God breathed the word, the scripture, and it's still being breathed into our lives. It's our breath. When we read the Bible, you know, when, when they say meditate on the word, you know, you know what med- the word meditate means? It means to mumble. Now, that is very common for me to mumble. Um, but what it's really talking about is mumbling over the scriptures. It's speaking the scriptures, going over them, letting them come out of your mouth. It, it, you don't have to read them to anyone else but yourself. And you're meditating on them, you're dwelling on them. And that's where God can speak to us even. He builds our faith in those moments where we dwell on his words. These other churches, they mumble garbage. They don't believe, they believe that it's science that tells us that evolution is true. Well, science is the study of facts. Evolution is the study of theories. And it's the belief in theories. There's no facts to evolution for most people. Some people, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm being serious. There is no evolution because we were told that by God. We don't have to be confused about that. But they teach it in schools. They teach it as a fact. And you have to believe this. This is how our enemy wants it. He wants to quiet the voices of Christians. And the same thing they were doing 2,000 years ago in that council. To quiet the voices of Christians. We don't want you speaking the name of Jesus Christ. And it's still true today. Can you imagine the look on the faces when Peter said, who should we obey, God or you? Um, They were probably indignant at that point because they thought they were God. They thought they represented God. Paul thought he represented God too. Paul was on his way to Damascus to go arrest Christians, to bring them back to Jerusalem, and then to try them and put them to death. Paul thought he was right. And if he was judged based on his knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures, he would have been right with those leaders, with those judges, those Sadducees and Pharisees, he would have been right in what he was doing. Obviously, they signed the letter to allow him to go do that. And then he met Jesus. And then he realized how wrong he was. We can be going through life thinking that we're right but not have a relationship with Jesus. 
we can live by a bunch of rules, legalistically following laws that make us feel righteous. Well, I do this, I don't do that. You know, I, I don't take drugs, I don't drink alcohol, I don't look at the other sex, I, I, I'm married so I just look at my spouse and I don't look at anyone else and I don't covet anything. If you watch commercials, you covet. Uh, I mean, if you watch TV shows, you covet, you know. I saw this car in a movie last night, and I looked at it saying, I need that. <laughs> I just bought a new car six months ago, and I saw that and said, I need it. Because it was super cool, you know. But I really don't need it. I know that. You know, when we really dedicate ourselves to, Lord, what do I need? We find that we have everything we need. We really don't need anything else. We're, we're happy with what he has given us. We should be happy with what he has given us. What kind of boldness do we speak with today? Don't speak with your own boldness. Speak with the boldness of the Lord. You can be bold in Jesus Christ. There, there are people that go out to different events and they have signs that say, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. That's bold. How do you know that they're going to hell? How do you know? You know, because if you talked to me at 18 years old and said that, you'd be right. But at 21, you'd be wrong. And, and even though my life didn't reflect a great Christian walk at that time, I was saved. I became a believer. It took me years, 40 years, to reach this perfection. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> you know, obviously you don't know me. <laughs> you know, it's true because when we look in the mirror, we know that we ain't done, you know. The good news is the work that he started in us, he's going to complete. He's going to perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ. We can be sure of that. We can count on that. Uh, but the, the stuff that I'm working on probably, yeah, ash, you know. It's the stuff that he's working on that's going to last for eternity. And so the more we let him have control, the more we let him do the work in our lives, the more we're going to have that lasts for eternity. Verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, with what? It doesn't say, but it's probably just the same thing. Don't talk in Jesus' name. They let him go, finding no other way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. They all glorified God 
For the man was over 40 years old whom this miracle of healing had been performed. The man was over 40 years old and he had been lame his whole life. And obviously it was God. But if Peter and John didn't stop them at that moment where they all ran together to find out what was going on inside uh, the temple court there, when this man was leaping and hanging out with John and Peter, and they all came and said, hey, that's the guy that was hanging out, begging for the last 40 years, well, 30 years, whatever. And they recognized him. They knew. If Peter and John would have said, yep, we're pretty righteous. We're pretty powerful. We can do that. First of all, there would have been a lightning storm. <laughs> and they would have been dust. Uh, but second... Everybody would have been following them, would have been going to them, would have been glorifying them. But we're told here that they were glorifying God. And do you know the main reason why that was? Because the man was glorifying God. When Peter pulled him up, he jumped up and he was leaping and glorifying God. And they said, well, if he's glorifying God, obviously that's who was involved in this healing. So they were going to stop him. They wanted to stop them from they And they were into civil disobedience at this point. They were going to go out. They were still going to talk. Is it okay to disobey? That's the question. Well, there's certain times where it's okay. Do you remember the midwives that were told, you kill the Hebrew children? And Moses was preserved, and he led his people out of captivity. There are times, like Rahab, where she lied, and they were able to free the, the, um, the, the servants that went in there that were spying out the land and they made it out to go tell Israel what was going on. Daniel didn't stop praying when he was told to stop praying. When he was said, oh no, you can't pray unless you're praying to the king. There's no prayer going to anywhere else. Daniel went there, threw open his shutters like he does every day, and just went ahead and prayed. Hananiah, Hananiah Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did not bow down to the statue when the music played. And they told the king, you could say whatever you want, you could do whatever you want. We're not going to bow down. And they got thrown into the fire for it. The only thing the fire burned were ropes. And so that shows us that there are times where we can stand in our faith, where we can do... I'm not saying that every time the government says something that we don't like, we should fight back. 
They weren't fighting back. They didn't fight back. As a matter of fact, all of those were peaceful protests. They just didn't do what they were told by the government. Instead, they listened to God. And so that's personal. And we do that when we walk with the Lord. It's a personal thing. We don't have to go and fight the government because the government has lost already. They've already lost this battle. What battle? Whatever one's going through your mind, that's the battle that has been lost. Okay? Because we are the ones that are saved. By the grace of God, we are saved. And so Jesus won the battle at the cross. It didn't look like he won. He was being crucified. He bled out. He died on that cross. It didn't look like he won. But he won. And so when we follow the example of our Savior, the one who died for us, then we become examples to the world around us. We don't fight with the world. We love them to Christ. We show them what we believe by how we act. Paul wrote a letter to Titus telling him what to teach the church about authority. In Titus chapter 3 verse 1, he said, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, no one, even if they deserve it. Even if they deserve it. Don't speak evil of them. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Jesus was standing there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas walks up to him and says, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kisses him on the cheek. See, if I were Jesus... he would have landed in the Kidron Valley. Okay? If I were Jesus. But Jesus said, friend, why have you come? Friend, why have you come? And that just tells me that he has a whole different attitude about loving our enemies than I do. And, you know, that's something that each of us have to work out with Jesus on our own. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like what Paul was saying, but, you know, I'm thinking, where's my freedom of speech? Our freedom of speech is a document, a human thing. Our freedom is in Christ. And it's much better than freedom of speech. It's much more powerful. Do I believe in freedom of speech? Yes. You know why? Because I was raised here. I live in this nation. There are nations out there that don't have freedom of speech, but they still follow Jesus, even though it's illegal. And they're going to suffer for it. They do suffer for it continually. So, 
Peter and John now go back to their friends in verse 24, 23, and being let go, in verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And so that when they had heard that they raised that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both uh, anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Pay attention to that. He said, you anointed Jesus, but both Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel, basically everyone, everyone, um, they gathered together against your anointed one to do whatever your hand and your purpose was. That means it was the plan of God. And it was. We know that to be true. From before time began, it was his plan. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So, they hear what happened and they begin to praise. We can be the same way. When we hear what happens and what's happening in the world, we can begin to praise the Lord for what he is doing that we're not hearing maybe even. There's stuff going on that we're not aware of. You know, I, I hear about it in glimpses, but there is stuff going on in the church, in the body of Christ in this country, in other countries, especially in other countries, there's a lot going on because he hasn't just left us alone. But the power isn't in the church, the building. The power is in the Holy Spirit living through the church, the people. That's where the power is. That's where we make an impact and we have the ability to reach others with the truth. But if we're arguing about what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, what our country is doing, the Ukraine and so on and so forth, you know, uh, if we're arguing about these and what we should and shouldn't do, we're focused on the wrong thing. Ukraine, I don't know if you're aware, it has many, many missionaries that are in Ukraine that are evangelizing Ukraine. Russia wants to take over Ukraine. Russia is Russian Orthodox, and they're not very happy with evangelism. And if they take over Ukraine, then that will kind of put the kibosh on, on the evangel. Do, do you think that this has ever happened before in history? 
It happened when Rome came and attacked Jerusalem in 70 AD. And then all of the Christians fled. And Christianity took root in other places because they all fled that area and they went, or they went underground. And the church thrived through all of that. China, the church is thriving. Iran, the church is thriving. It's just because that's God's plan. And we have the whole plan right here. We have everything that's going to happen. It's all right here. It's all spelled out for us. In chapter 4, Peter and John are praising God for what he's doing. They aren't praying, God, remove these people from power. That sometimes can be our prayer. Remove these jokers who are mocking you. Remove them. Instead, pray that they get saved. Pray to, I, I'm more like David. Punch them in the mouth. Bust their teeth out. You know, I like those kind of prayers. You know, I, I, and, you know and David wrote them. Boy, when he was, you know, feeling, you know, frisky, he just wrote about killing the enemy, destroying them. But we live in a time where we live under grace, where we don't deserve anything, but we've been given everything. And, you know, we continue to live the way we do because um, we live in a very blessed nation by God. I'm sorry we're not listening to his voice anymore as a nation we're not listening to his voice anymore and so i can see things getting uglier and uglier we're we're getting what happens when you don't listen to god this is what you can expect in our nation right now this is what the result is when people turn their back on god this is the result what you're seeing in the news the hatred, the, devise, the, the division that's being caused in our country today. There are people on both sides of the fence that are wrong because they want to fight instead of love. They want to fight each other. You can't fight me into agreeing with you. You're going to have... An uphill battle the whole way. You, you will never get me to agree with you by fighting with me. And I'm never going to lead anyone to the Lord by arguing them into a relationship with Jesus. Because if I can argue them in, someone can argue them out. You see, it has to be the Holy Spirit that does the work inside the person. And when the Holy Spirit does the work then you have a lasting impact on that person's life. I have had opportunities to argue with people, and I even felt at times that I won the argument, but the person didn't get saved. So did I really win? I, or did I just, you know, my, did my head swell with pride while I was arguing these facts. We, we've all been, kind of been there before 
and, and discussing things and just felt like, oh, well, I, he, they didn't have a comeback for that. Of course they didn't. If they walk out without Jesus, there is no comeback. There's only the enemy. And I feel sorry for those people. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Peter and John speaking boldness to the religious rulers, the council. And then they go back, they tell their friends, they get all excited, they pray. The room is shaken. This wasn't even in L.A. where they have earthquakes all the time. They can blame it on that. You know, it's funny how when God does a work, people blame it on things that man is doing. Oh, man, that guy was healed. Oh, well, that's because he had a great doctor, you know, and that doctor was just so, so good. Hold on. When someone gets sick and we lay hands on them and we pray for them, and they get healed from whatever it is. Uh, was it the prayer? Or was it the doctor that was so good? If we're praying to see God do something through a doctor, shouldn't we give God the credit? And not the doctor the credit? When the doctor is done with the surgery and is successful, we don't go in and praise the scalpel Oh, that was such a sharp scalpel. Man, that was, what a good scalpel. No, it was the guy that was guiding the scalpel. Well, the same thing, the one that was guiding the doctor to do the, the job, whatever it is. And that doesn't mean if you're not healed completely that, oh, you didn't pray hard enough. That isn't, it's the fact that God is going to receive the glory, period. Paul asked to be healed three times. And on the third time, he heard, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul got it. He never asked again. Didn't have to. He was good with it. All right, Lord. And he got to show the strength of God, even though he and was enduring something that was very painful. So, what was the result of the Holy Spirit falling on these people? They were clucking like chickens in the aisles. Right? Oh, there was an uncontrollable laughter and... and no. No, they, they were just glorifying God. There is... Nothing that I see in the Bible that tells me that I should hit you on the head so that you can fall down and be slain in the Spirit. And, you know, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. What if you don't fall down? I have to hit you again. Does anyone want to come up and we can try this today? No. No one wants that and I wouldn't do it. Okay, because that's not how the Holy Spirit works. It, it's always for the glory of God that the Holy Spirit is doing work. And these people were glorifying God and they spoke 
the word of God with boldness. That's the result of the Holy Spirit falling upon them. We close considering the two reactions to the teaching of Peter and John. Rejection and acceptance. You can reject it. And if you reject what Peter and John were saying, then you're just as blind as the Pharisees and Sadducees. You end up with nothing. You end up being persecuted for no reason even. There are many that go through that. They're ordered to keep silent and then they just do things in their own power, in their own indignation to show themselves strong. And that's not it either. But if you get rejected by people, don't get sucked into it. Don't fight to be accepted. But the ones that accepted him, 5,000 got saved by accepting what Peter and John were doing because it was the work of God. And the work of God is going to lead people into a relationship with him. So you can either accept it and enter into a relationship or you can reject it. Persecution, by the way, isn't a bad thing. Persecution causes unity. And we see that in many of the other countries out there where they are persecuted and they come together and they form underground churches and they hold together. They're in unity. In verse 24, we're told they were all in one accord. They were all joined together because of the persecution against them. It resulted in prayer and praise to God. So the same way as exercise builds up your body and keeps your body in good shape persecution keeps your spiritual life in good shape too so persecution has good results in our spiritual walk I pray that God will fill us all with his Holy Spirit and that we may speak boldly the things that God is doing in our lives and has showed us through his word amen mm-hmm. 